It's connected tangentially. I think also to the uh, to the announcement today by the uh, many of the restaurateurs in Tel Aviv that they're going to uh, be open tonight. Um, it's illegal because just like just uh, just like on um, on the eve of, of Holocaust Remembrance Day and the eve of uh, Israel Memorial Day. So, um, oh, but I guess over 30 years ago, um, the Knesset passed a bill that mm-hmm. uh, Tisha B'Av is the national day of uh, Jewish mourning. Should also um, uh, the places of, uh, of entertainment and stuff like that should also not be open on uh, in the evening and during the day, of course, because they can be. And uh, it's it's always been a something of a contentious uh, rule because uh, people don't really uh, a lot of people don't really uh, identify with. Um, with uh, Shabbat as a day, uh, mm-hmm. probably, like, for all kinds of reasons, and um, there's always there are always stores, you know, there are always um, um, there are always restaurants that stay open anyways because uh, they you know it's because they they, they can't afford to lose the money or because uh, they don't really receive any reason why not so they absorb the whatever the fine is and they keep going. Here it's become sort of a statement, mm-hmm. um, and it fits in with a broader. Uh, subtext to parts of the anti-judicial um, reform movement, uh, not all of it. I don't even think it's most of it. I hope it's not most of it, which has decidedly um, uh, anti, anti, anti-religious uh, element uh, element to it. Um, and and this also plays out in all kinds of different ways. So, for example, a significant part of the leadership appears. Uh, so I so I understand. Of the of the of the on something on the extremes of the reform anti-reform movement, I advocate a um, total. You know, I advocate almost a French model of the relationship of church and state. In France, there's this idea of laïcité, laïcité, that any public demonstration of anything religious of any kind is illegal. So you can't wear a yarmulke in the street, um, and and a Muslim woman can't wear traditional women's dress, head covering, a hijab. Uh, or a tarikh, even just a, a headscarf, headscarf, and and um, you can't you can't walk around with a prominent a, a Christian can't walk around with a prominently displayed um, a crucifix. I mean, just absolute absolute wiping away of an of an absolutely neutral, secular, and extreme um, public public space. I don't think that's I don't think that we haven't reached that. We haven't. That. No, no, we haven't. But some of them are advocating. Some people are advocating mm-hmm. it, and and you see it in extreme ways. Um, you see in extreme in extreme ways when you have these sort of like um, uh, you know attacks on 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 tefillin uh, stands you know chabad tefillin stands where people proactively go after them hmm. and uh, attack them or uh, yell at the people that are there and stuff like this. You have to keep it. That's that's a small piece. And in what I wrote, I wrote about the, what I was writing about was uh, that for people. For whom any manifestation of religion, again, it's, it's a, certainly it's a very small, it's a very small population, but there is this moment in um, in, uh, in in human interaction where people who really, 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 really can't stand uh, religion or their own religion or, or other religion, wherever it is, will concentrate on um, not only just attacking or criticizing the people, but they will sort of pour out their wrath on. Uh, sacred items that um, that that embody for them or symbolize for them their religion. So, the Catholic Church made a point of always um, burning a uh, burning te- te- texts of the Talmud, 
Uh, and that happened a lot in the even if that happens in the 13th century, but it, the first indications of it are in the first crusade the, during the first crusade, when um, when the, the crusaders actually took out time from attacking physical Jews to be able to desecrate uh, Tower scrolls, for example, or destroyed manuscripts. And I wonder whether, again, whether, and the same thing by the way, the Evsektia did in Russia. Uh, when it uh, persecuted Jews, that was the, the Jewish section of the uh, Communist Party, which which is bent on undermining and or destroying Jewish life in, in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are sacred uh, scare people, and they react accordingly. Uh, it's true, by the way, even within you know religious within religious uh, circumstances, they don't destroy things, but they're afraid of them. People are afraid of a safer Torah, for example. People are afraid of uh, other things. There was a time in Jewish history when, remarkably. Uh, many, many Jews and in, in, in France and Germany and southern France and in Spain didn't put on Tzillin, not because they thought Tzillin was bad, because they didn't. They were worthy of coming close to the Tzillin because they were scary. You follow? Yeah. In other words, it, it's, a, it's a moment of being scared of the sacred, which uh, is, uh, by the way, there's an entire tradition which is embodied by Satmar, of all places, uh, or not, maybe not so much Satmar, but certainly certain parts in Berkarta, which they argue that, it, that the land of Israel is so holy you can't live here. Okay. It's dangerous. So the only people who should live here are people who are of, of, of extraordinary piety because they won't make a mistake. And, um, and, and, it's, it's, it, it, and it's, a remarkable, it's a remarkable approach. It does exist because that which is holy is really scary. But, but you're saying that the people who are, are, are doing these things to the religious objects because of fear, and yet there's also other reasons why you know people are not marking uh, maybe holy days or may, uh, destroying uh, religious objects, and that's not fear, that's hate. Right. So fear leads to hate. Fear leads to look at what of the. I, I was talking to, and I'm, I'm certainly very respectful of the. Um, I'm not going to talk about my position exactly, but I, I, think it's, I speak to people on both parts of the debate. And one of the things that I discover is, I asked somebody who's a prominent uh, opponent of the government, and I said, is, is, um, is this specific bill, the um, reasonable of this bill, is this really what, what is the trigger? So they said, no, actually, because um, the, willing, you know, the opposition was willing to accept it. You know, if the government would stop the rest of the, rest of the whatever. All of this is um, deep and abiding apprehension of what is to come. So that, you know, does this mean, what, what is this going to do? What is this empowerment of the government going to accomplish? Will it lead to this? Will it lead to that? Will they, you know, I don't trust. It's a fundamental lack of trust in the people presently in power. Maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll do that. Um, and and there's nothing more. There's nothing more um, terrifying than um, having people uh, in front of you who um, who you don't trust and who you're terrified of what they may do. They haven't done anything yet, but but the unknown is the. There's nothing more horrible than the unknown. Absolutely, and and yet, you know, at this time we're marking Tisha B'Av, and there's such a schism in the country. And uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about this um, the Sinat Chinam. What does that mean? Okay, so so the truth of the matter is, I'd like to. I, I think the best way to do this is to is uh, to tie it all together is by discussing a, a Talmudic passage, which is um, a, a, which is often cited and not people are not aware of it, but it really has so many implications for our life today on both sides of the political divide. Mm-hmm. There's a passage, it's a story of Bar Kamsa and, his, and Bar Kamsa, two people. 
And but the opening pa- the passage opens with a verse from the book of Psalms saying a person should always be afraid. Not necessarily walk around being terrified, but you should always be concerned about what your actions might lead to. Think about the long-term consequences. Don't get carried away by what's going on, uh, by what's by the by the moment. And the story is very gets very very quickly. The, there was a uh, there was a guy whose name was Kamsa. There was a guy whose name was Bar Kamsa. Some say he was actually a father, talking about father and son. And they had a they had a mutual acquaintance, one of whom loved Kamsa and despised Bar Kamsa. And the uh, guy made a big party. He apparently was a member of the upper class, and he invited all the all of the you know uh, all of the hoi polloi of. Uh, Let's say Jerusalem, and the and he sent out his uh, servant to go and uh, give invitations. And the servant, instead of inviting Kamsa, who was the guy's friend, he invited Bar Kamsa. And one interpretation has it, by the way, that it may very well be that this was a relationship between um, the, 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 the Bar Kamsa between son son of Bar Kamsa might have been his son. So in other words, it was like this. This was a lot more intense than 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 it looks at it first. Okay. So he invited Bar Kamsa, and uh, the guy flips out when he sees him mm-hmm. there. And he says, "Get get out." And he says, "Please don't embarrass me. This is the, the you know we're in, we're in high society here. I'll pay for my meal. No, get out. I'll pay for half the meal. Get out. I'll pay for the whole meal. Just don't humiliate me. Get out." And the guy is totally humiliated. He'll, he 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 doesn't know what to do. And he um, he says, "All right, you know what? Since the members of high society here um, didn't say a thing, and they I'm as much a member of their circles as 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 they are." Uh, and they didn't say anything. They didn't object. They didn't take the guy aside and say, listen, don't act like an idiot. Don't act like a jerk. He says it must be that these people are really, really forget it, that they really uh, agree with this kind of treatment of another human being. So he ran to, so according to the story, he ran to the Romans and said, the Jews have, rebu- have, have, have rebelled against you. And the, and the Nero, I guess, says, how do I know? He says, I'll tell you what, you go, you, uh, you send the sacrifice. Um, and ask them to offer it for your birthday, for your for your wealth, for your welfare. And if they don't, then you'll know that they've rebelled. Um, and so he takes this, so he brings back this uh, this animal, and he 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 inflicts a small uh, blemish in the animal, which would disqualify it according to Jewish law, but not according to pagan ritual uh, practice. Mm-hmm. And then the question came: Do we offer this animal or not? And all the rabbis there, according to the story, said, "Sacrifice it. If we don't, if we don't sacrifice it." Then, then they're going to come and they're going to kill us. They're going to uh, destroy the temple. They're going to destroy everything. You know, this, this is, we're talking about Rome here. We're not talking about like some two-bit power. And uh, and yeah, you know what? And 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 Pikuach Nefesh, saving human life, overrides every consideration in the world. Certainly, having having uh, an inappropriate uh, sacrifice offered once to save people's lives. There's one guy there who was absolute purist. He was an absolute dogmatic. He was absolutely dogmatic. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. People will say that we will wrong people will people with this and that and the other thing and and we can't we can't we can't compromise at all even though there was plenty of room for compromise on the contrary the truth of the matter is from a purely uh halakhic point of view they were totally justified in in, in doing it but he didn't move an inch for some reason he won the day and um and the talmud then concludes by saying his um, his uh, his demagogy, his uh, being unwilling to compromise, his un- being unwilling to see the consequences of his actions, were responsible for the destruction, uh, long-term uh, consequences of the of the temple, uh, and 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 the exile. All right, so there's a lot of historical elements in this story, but but thematically, what's what's really critical is uh, is, is is one is one is one thing is that is that um, you have a father, maybe have a father and son. 
who um, they tried to make friends with, and um, and and even though they were blood relations, nevertheless the guy refused to uh, to respect the uh, other, if you want the name's other. Okay. More interestingly is then you have the situation with the uh, the guy says, you know what? If this is the society in which I live, I want to destroy it. These are the people at the head of the society. I'm going to destroy the whole society. Mm. So he invites people from the outside. He creates the greatest superpower and saying, come and destroy this. You destroy this country because if I am treated like it, it's like this by the people at the moment in power, we're bring down the whole thing. And how does he, and how does he achieve that? He achieves it by, um, through, a, through the distortion of a peace offering. It's a peace offering that, that, that Nero, or whoever it was, uh, well, what Nero actually, um, sends. Because he 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 puts in a um, he puts in a, a, a blemish. Now all it, you never have a you, you can never offer a, a sacrifice which is blemished to a god. But every single society defined the blemish differently. So here, what you have is you have also a there's a cultural disconnect here hmm. between those between the, the between Rome who um, whose religious life and whose and whose cultural life views some things as 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 damaged and other things not and the jewish and the jewish view and that disconnect also um and an inability to communicate between the two sides uh culturally and and, and religiously uh is also a major factor in the uh in the um in the in the training records about to happen and then you have um the, you have the purist versus the people that say well, we can compromise we can save people's lives and the question of whether no, if I don't care, if I compromise now, then what's going to be later? Then this might lead to this, it might lead to this, it might lead to this. So we have to stand firm now and stand on our principles, and it doesn't matter what happens. And in the end, that leads to the whole thing coming up, uh, being destroyed. Doesn't that sound really familiar? Very familiar to what we're going through right now. And um, and, and I'm wondering. By the way, on both sides, I I I, I was thinking about this a lot today. Both sides are Kamsa, both sides are Bar Kamsa, both sides are Rabbi Zachary ben both sides are culturally disconnected. It, 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 it's, it's across, it's really across the boards. But how do we get through this? Oh boy. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it is Tisha B'Av and we are reflecting today. Tonight. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think we, 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 the first thing we do is we, uh, we throw Rabbi Zachary ben Kulis uh, to the dustbin of history. <laughs> I mean, we have to, you know, that's it. it, 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 it when there's room for compromise, when there's room for compromise and there's justification for compromise, the, um, the extremes, the, the purists are both, um, are both, uh, they're both absurd and wrong. Um, you know, the intent could have still stood if, if, if the rule of Pekuach Nefesh, um, uh, you know, Right. Was invoked of, of of the value of human life. Um, if um, if, uh, if 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 uh, by the way, is one piece of the story. The version of the story that's not found in the Talmud, but it's found in the Midrash. It might be it's probably the original version. Um, the Rabbi Zachary ben Kulis, but the whole story with the with the sacrifice was what did it. But apparently, Rabbi Zachary ben Kulis was one of the uh, leading entities um, to this party, and he when he saw how when he saw and was he. Who, when he saw how um, Barkamsa was being uh, was being treated, did not his own. So diffidence, diffidence, fear, giving into group dynamics of why say anything, don't make, don't rock the boat, mm-hmm. is also deadly. So yeah, it's about it's about about sinat kinam fear, but 
that's how that plays itself out. It was rooted in the in the in the uh, Doctor Feld syndrome between Comte and Barkhamso. You know the you know what films? You know are you familiar with the films Feld syndrome? No, it's an old dog roll in English. I do not like the Dr. Fell. I do not, the reason which I cannot tell, but this I know, I know full well. I do not like the Dr. Fell. Right. I don't know what the reason was, but the re, but how, the question is how it played out. It made the difference. 